0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume.
1: What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff. 3 and Out podcast. Happy Memorial Day to all of our veterans out there. Uh, Special place in my heart, my family's. I I didn't know them. My my dad's brother passed in Vietnam. Uh, Both my grandparents fought in World War II. So uh, nothing but appreciation, love, and pride from the Middlecoff family in our our veterans out there. And uh, everyone that's associated with that, listening to that, or this podcast... Whoever DMs me, I always have uh, great admiration for you guys and women who uh who serve greatest country in the world, baby. Uh I, I you know, I wasn't planning on doing a podcast today, but you know, Jimmy Garoppolo story, DeAndre Hopkins, I was like, Yeah, I'll just do a mailbag. I'll just put out a little content. You know, some of us I know it's a holiday, but you gotta pay the bills. You got you gotta keep the train rolling down the tracks, so that that's what we're gonna do. If you ever want to get in the mailbag, at John Middlecoff is my Instagram, and the DMs are wide open. Just fire in the DMs to get your question answered here on the show, and that's what we're going to do, so I will talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, who's injured again, Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who is released, and then we'll answer some of your questions. Hopefully, everyone had a good weekend drinking, hanging, barbecuing, kicking it, getting some sun, the lake, the river, the ocean. The pool, I mean, wherever you guys are, in some water because that's I would say Memorial Day, Labor Day just feel like water events, right? Unless you work in the NFL, Labor Day is actually a lot of work because you're cutting down your roster and you're getting you're working you're inside the entire time. But for those of us normal people, we just get to swim around and hang out, play some golf. So uh, that's the plan. We will have a golf podcast uh, tomorrow, which will look forward to Memorial Jack Nicholas's tournament. Uh, and we will do some gambling thoughts there and the Michael Block come down story, and then probably another podcast later in the week. So we'll keep rocking and rolling. Uh, so let's dive in. You want to go to a football game this fall? You want to go to a college football game? You want to go to an NFL game? I got you covered. Here's what you do you download the Game Time app. Just go to your smartphone, download Game Time, fastest growing ticket app in America. Happens to be the official ticketing app of this podcast, three and out. And here's what you do you Sign up. You want to go to a concert? You want to go to a football game? You want to go to a baseball game? You want to go to a comedy show? And use the promo code JOHN, J-O-H-N, J-O-H-N, and get $20 off. Very easy to use. Download the Game Time app, promo code JOHN. Have a good time on me. I don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Download Game Time. promo code JOHN. <laughs> hey, let's start with a, a story that made the rounds this weekend. And it really goes back to when the Raiders officially signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Because typically, when you sign a free agent, there's a scheduled press conference, right? One o'clock, Jimmy Garoppolo will meet the media, come talk to him. And of course, that press conference got pushed back. And then there were OTA practices that eventually become open to the media. And Jimmy Garoppolo was not present. And then there were some comments by Devontae Adams. I'm a little, my timeline's a little messed up. And he made some things like, I'm not on board with what we're doing. And then you start adding all the pieces of the puzzles to the puzzle up and trying to put it all together, what all makes sense. Once the story breaks of Jimmy Garoppolo's leak contract, that he failed the physical when he was signing with the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders. And they had to put clauses in there. He had to get a second surgery, which even goes back to his San Francisco days when Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, thought there was a chance that he could have returned for either the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, which clearly he could not have because his foot was all messed up. And maybe he didn't know it Clearly, something happened in the MRI. It wasn't good to go. And my big issue is not with Jimmy Garoppolo failing a physical. This is two years in a row. Jimmy Garoppolo could not pass a physical at the time of free agency. So that is nothing to new, nothing new with this player. He is a quarterback who is often injured. According to uh, my memory bank, he was traded to the 49ers. He was never a full-time starter, obviously, behind Tom Brady, but he got hurt. In those four games when Tom Brady was uh, suspended for Deflategate. Remember, the second game, he hurt his shoulder. Then he gets traded to the 49ers. His second season, which was his first year as a full-time starter, he tore his ACL. Then the Super Bowl year, fully healthy. And then from there on out, always injured. 2020, missed a bunch of games, which led them to drafting Trey Lance. The Trey Lance's rookie year, he got injured. Shoulder, thumb, obviously last year, foot. So this guy has a long, long history of durability. And here's my thing with the Raiders is they got rid of Derek Carr. Okay, I get it, right? They were not a philosophical match, right? They they just didn't work scheme-wise. Josh McDaniels, him, didn't see eye to eye. Derek had one of the worst years of his career, whatever. But you need a quarterback. And clearly they didn't draft one. They don't have other quarterbacks. What's his name? Stidham signs with the Denver Broncos who showed a little signs of life last year in his one of his two starts against the 49ers. So they go all in on Jimmy Garoppolo, which he's not a type guy that you can go all in on. He just, he's always hurt. And then when he heals, he gets hurt again. And I I think the biggest question mark here is all the chips are in the middle of the table for a franchise that is just desperate. Let's face it. I mean, they just never win ever. They got two winning seasons in over two decades. In a league full of parody, where even the crappiest teams figure out a way for some successful seasons. And their coach now, I think, listen, a lot of success as an offensive coordinator. A lot of people have a lot of success with Tom Brady. He's gotten two opportunities outside the Belichick umbrella, and it hasn't been pretty. Last year was an embarrassment. And now he is tied at the hip, clearly, with Jimmy Garoppolo, which, listen, if Jimmy Garoppolo can play 17 games, I think the Raiders could be competitive. You know, they could try to go above 500, nine and eight, right? They they lack some talent. They're clearly not as good with the 49ers, but he's proven to be better than half the league at quarterback. If he's your starting quarterback, he sees eye to eye with your offensive coordinator, you can function. The problem is he's going to get hurt. Like it is inevitable. History shows us that. To think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to avoid injury would be malpractice from Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, but they don't have a choice now. Like, they don't have other options. So when I see Florio tweeting about, they got outs, they don't have to pay him. Well, all that is great. And, you know, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo can't eventually pass a physical. He never gets on the field. They are fucked. I mean, Brian Hoyer is currently their backup quarterback. If If Jimmy Garoppolo were to disappear and the Raiders had to operate with Brian Hoyer, I think they'd win four games, max. So when I look back at these quotes from Devontae Adams, listen, I don't necessarily agree. I mean, you can't agree from a football standpoint, leading the, leaving the Green Bay Packers. Said over and over, I understand needing a change of scenery. Hell, I, I did it last year. Best thing I ever did. So I get where he wanted to move back to the West Coast, play for you know his childhood team. I, I understand it. Now, from a football standpoint, Like you leave the Green Bay Packers to go to the Raiders, you're going to downgrade. And he immediately did. But I think when you dive into his comments in that Ringer article... Was it kind of directed at the Jimmy Garoppolo situation? Like, listen, he said over and over, I didn't come for Derek Carr. But I did come like, what's our planet quarterback? It's not a guy whose foot's all messed up, who needed a second surgery, and who's not going to be able to practice his offseason. And more than likely, history would show it's going to get injured again. What are we going to do? And the answer is, you would be screwed. It's like, oh, they just, you know, going for Caleb Williams. Does Josh McDaniels have the rope to go for Caleb Williams? Like, let's just say it's a disaster. And he wins five, six games. Are we sure that Josh McDaniels in a market? Like, let's face it. The, uh, the Las Vegas Knights come out of nowhere, created an NHL team. Boom. Kick ass. Hell, Mark Davis owns a WNBA team. Won the championship last year. I just saw someone tweeted it out over the weekend. They're setting early records in the WNBA uh, through four games. I'm sure a lot of you have watched some of those games. And, like, the problem is in Vegas, kind of a bright light city. You can't be really shitty and expect anyone to care about you. And Mark knows this. And I just think that if this season goes wrong and clearly they're tied to a guy who's often injured, it could be a disaster for Josh McDaniels. So I'm a little surprised. Like, I understood why they were interested in, in him. But the moment you saw that, you pivot, not draft a quarterback high. I mean, it, it feels like they're all in the middle of the ocean and their boats already got some water on it. And more, I would bet on it sinking. I just would, because history would show I can't bet on Jimmy Garoppolo staying healthy. So I I think it's insane that they've gone down this road, uh, regardless of like all the contract gives them out. Well, great. Cut them. What the hell are you going to do? And the answer is it would not be pretty. The other story is that Deandre Hopkins was released by the Arizona Cardinals. And I think on the most basic level, of the reason he was released is they could not trade his contract, clearly, right? No one was taking on basically $20 million for DeAndre Hopkins. Now, a lot of people have slid into my DMs and asked me like, why would they cut him? Like, what is the point? And the simple answer is they don't want him on the team. They don't want him around. He clearly hasn't been around like an OTAs. Uh, But they want to rid themselves of him as a player. They don't they 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 value more eating the money to send him away than keeping him around their new, fresh culture and their rebuild that they're starting. And I think big picture, they are trying to bottom out. And that's a whole nother question. If they are the worst team in the league, which I think it's always easy to say at the beginning of the season and I did that last year, like a lot of people did. I'm like, oh, Seattle's going to be the worst team. Oh, the Giants. <laughs> they both made the playoffs. So I'm not as confident doing that. I'm a little rattled by last season. But I think a lot of people, and rightfully so, and me myself included, feel pretty confident this team's going to stink. I mean, obviously, their quarterback's injured. Uh, they, they got a lot of things. Go- their, their talent on their team is not really there. But, like... They cut this guy, and now he's a free agent. So you don't have to take that contract. That is not your problem. You can sign him to whatever contract he wants. Now, one of his sticking points, which is actually very understandable, is him going, well, if Odell Beckham got $15 million, look at my stats the last three or four years compared to that guy who gets injured all the time. Now, Hopkins got some red flags, suspended last year, some PED issues, has been banged up. Not a big practice player is pretty productive uh, when he's on the field. Never been fast, so it's like, well, speed's diminishing. He's kind of got his game's different, but kind of that Anquan Bolden thing. Like his game's not predicated on speed. <laughs> like his game's aging well because that's just how he's always played. He's always been slow. Uh, he's a contested catch, you know, jump ball, productive guy in the red zone. He's just a football player. I mean, he's when he's playing well, he is a very, very good football player. I think at times. I guess he had some seasons where he was, I wouldn't go elite, but, you know, top top five wide receiver. He's no longer that guy. No one was going to pay him. I think his problem is going to be because I get where he's going. Like I'm not taking less than 15 million. Who's giving you 15 million dollars? One, the money's not really out there because the teams he'd want to go to, the Chiefs, the Bills, all all the good teams. They're not really flush with cap space. So that's not happening. So would he be willing to do one of those purely non-guaranteed deals? Remember, Darrell Rivas did that. Now, that doesn't give you any security. Things go wrong at the end of the season. They can cut you. But I think if he wants to go to one of the teams that he's desiring to go to, he's going to have to kind of think outside the box. If he just wants to go to a team, you know, bad teams are not going to sign him. It doesn't make any sense. And if you're him, like, he's not going to be interested in those teams. Obviously, everyone's talking about the Bills and the Chiefs. Like, if I am him, he has made an astronomical amount of money. And I'm not one to tell you to take pay cuts or... You know, I don't care how much money you make, whether you make one hundred million dollars or ten dollars. It's irrelevant to me. But from a football standpoint, if you want to have success and money's never going to be an issue in your life, given how much you've made, you know, these last five, six years playing in the league. Like, I don't think it's crazy to take a little less or an incentive based deal to go play with Josh Allen, to go play with Patrick Mahomes. And specifically, if Andy and the Chiefs are interested Like, that's probably where I'd go, bro. Like, I mean, that's that would be the team I'd be sniffing around because even with the bills, you go, well, I get Diggs has kind of been up in arms, but they do got Stephon Diggs, who's been one of the best players in the league for at his position for a while now. They just drafted a tight end really high. They still got Dawson Knox, you know, with the Chiefs, Juju Smith's not on the team anymore. Obviously, Tyreek's long gone beside the tight end and the running back. Like you get a lot of juice and the guy will clearly throw you the ball. Uh, so to me, that's what I would do. Obviously, financially, you're not going to get what you want. And I get being mad like, well, I'm better than Odell Beckham. Well, true. You know, that's, that's true, but that's not always the way the world works. You know, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, I would rather have those guys than Deshaun Watson. Well, those guys got way less than Deshaun Watson in terms of guaranteed. You know, it's sometimes the way it works. Just because someone does a terrible contract or a terrible business deal does not mean the next person is going to get that amount. And that's probably the case here. And if he just wants to take the most money, which we'll be interested, like I don't totally blame. That's kind of the way football players think because their career is relatively shorter. But to me, if I'm him, the Chiefs, I'm actively working with Veach and Andy. Like, How do we make this happen? Before we dive into what's next, do you know that Angie's list is now Angie, your home for everything home? And as someone who is currently house shopping and who has bought property before, you walk in, you go... Well, I need to fix the kitchen. I need to want to improve this bathroom. I want to fix some stuff in the backyard. And then you go, well, I don't do this for a living. Where do I even start? Who do I even contact? That's where Angie has 20 years of experience combined with new tools to simplify the process. Over 220,000 pros in their network. They can help you get the best price for your product. They have new projects that are priced upfront and clearly lays out the cost before you buy. With Angie, you can request quotes from multiple pros in your area. The pros in your network are locally based. In just a few taps in the Angie app or click on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project from start to finish. Download the free Angie mobile app today or
0: visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
1: Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's dive into the mailbag. At John Middlecoff, just my name, two Fs, DMs, Instagram. Really easy to get involved. Hey, John, long time listener. This is from Robert. Back in 21, you answered my question regarding the Titans regressing after Arthur Smith moved on and we hired Todd Downing. You said that Downing was bad for the Raiders and was most likely going to be bad for the Titans. I don't even remember saying that. Why is it that you could see this, but a staff full of people who could not see this coming? I guess my question is, why do teams consistently hire failing coaches uh, when the fan can tell it won't work? Thanks. I was on the golf course yesterday with a buddy of mine. Who works in uh, in the golfing business, and you know, it's part of a pretty big operation, that a, a big company that's involved with you know sponsoring golfers. I mean, they sponsor all athletes, but we were just he, he focuses on golf, and we were talking about like you know how they do deals with players and agents, and it's just there's a certain agency that they like to work with, and I was like, you know, people like doing business with people they like, you know, think about most of our own businesses. Who do you end up doing business with? Now, obviously you have to, it has to make sense, but you lean if you think things are going to work out with people you're comfortable with people, you know, people you like doing business with. And I think in football coaching, and this is probably true. scouting too, is people are hired because I like you or Uh, We have the same agent and we know each other. As stupid as that sounds, it happens a lot. And I I think Todd Downing now consistently gets these jobs. People like him. I I mean, I I know people that have worked with him really, really like the guy. Derek Carr loved him. Right? I think Mike Vrabel liked him a lot. But like, and that's the thing in football You know, in in some businesses, right, you can get away with, you know, he's not as good, but it doesn't necessarily matter, right? Like, you know, your boy might have just closed on a house here in AZ. I got a little remodel coming up. Like, I want to like the guy who's doing the remodel. But, you know, some of these quotes I'm getting, shit, if I'm going to spend this amount of money, you better be good. Like, I don't know anything about this. So I'm very dependent on you being good. Ultimately, I don't give a shit if we're friends. I want you to do a good job, right? And, and if I'm a head coach and I'm hiring a coordinator, especially hiring a coordinator at a at a side of the ball that I don't focus on, like I, I'm pretty dependent on you. So whether we're buddies and whether we we like having cocktails and shooting the shit, watching some games on TV, shouldn't really matter that much. But the sad reality is in this business and in every business, it does matter a lot. And, like, why was Matt Patricia hired for Bill Belichick? Bill liked him. Bill liked him a lot. And it has devastating consequences when when that's strictly what you do. Right? Like, now, sometimes it works. Like, why was D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala Shanahan's last two defensive coordinators? First and foremost, because he knew him. He had worked with Robert Sala with the Texans. Sala was best friends with... uh Matt LaFleur. And like, I think was best man in his wedding. So they had these connections. They knew each other. And obviously D'Amico, he had coached him and been around him. So he was like on the most basic level, he was comfortable with the person. Now I would, sure Kyle would tell you, and listen, I would tell you this about D'Amico. D'Amico has been good at everything he'd ever had been, but like Robert Sala, the history had said like, "Ah, this is a pretty risky hire. Now it worked out, but like, look at the guys, McVay hires. And it's a lot of it works, but I, I don't know, man. It's just the way the business works. Tardy apps. <laughs> That's the name of this Instagram account. Longtime listener. Longtime Seahawks fan. I'll be honest. I was one of the guys calling for Pete and John's collective heads the last five years. I thought Pete was done. Overrated, tone deaf, tuned out, whatever. A Russ ruiner, etc., but looking at Belichick's struggle massively without Brady and the way Pete struggled with Russ, by which I mean only go to the playoffs almost every single year, it feels like Pete is almost as good of a coach as Belichick. Sure, the rings, the rings are differential and all, but then again, if Russ hadn't stunted Pete, who knows how many more a Seahawks fans could have won? I know you Seahawks fans could have won a lot more. If Pete makes it the NFC championship game this year with Geno or minimum annihilates the Shah Mahan debacle down under, mm, where are the rings? Mr. Harbaugh 2.0. I think it's time. I think that was that a shot at me. Was that the time we all bowed and acknowledge how good of a coach Pete is? Sorry for the rant. Do you think the Seahawks will be way better this year? Let's say this. I'm with you. I, I never crushed Pete for the Russ stuff because I thought let Russ cook You know, it's like uh, Pete's now has two decades worth of the dude's a winner. The dude won without Russ, and the dude's winning again without Russ. So Pete's history is success, with or without Russell Wilson. Now, I do think it was fair to think they were going to suck last year because they were banking on Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Now, it turns out Geno Smith had a career year. And to me, their team on paper is better around Geno Smith. I think the question is... The hardest thing at the highest level of sports, you could argue any business. It's like anyone can have a good year. Anyone can make money for two quarters. Anyone, hell, Michael Block finished top 15 at at a major. And then he shot 81 the next round. Like, can you do it over and over again? I know Pete can. I know DK Metcalf can. I know Tyler Lockett will be good. Right? I, I, I expect their defense to continue to improve. Can Geno Smith have another season where he throws 30 touchdowns? I'm rooting for him. Every time you hear him talk, he's fucking impressive. Every time that you hear the team talk about him, Sherman had him on his podcast here in the volume. I'm a Geno Smith fan. I I didn't know that much about the guy. Easy to root for. But there's one thing easy to root for. Guy, like, is he going to sustain this career? Is he just going to have a second career renaissance? Maybe. I don't know. I mean I, I I wouldn't, you know, if you said, Hey, you gotta put let's just pick a number, five thousand dollars. It would you put five thousand dollars on Gino replicating last season or bet against it? You would say history would say that a guy you just look at the history of Gino's career, you would probably bet against it. I would feel great though if you told me I think they'll be if Gino's good again, yeah, they'll win ten games. Their running game's gonna be really good. We know they got explosive offensive players. I think anyone hating on Pete, though, it listen. There's one thing to like on an individual game to be like Pete could have been better. That's fair. Uh, I, Belichick's a better coach. Pete, though, more versatile coach. Could Belichick have ever gone to college and do what Pete did? No. Pete Carroll is everything Urban Meyer wanted to be: dominate college and then go to the pros. Urban Meyer was like, "Get out of here, buddy. You you don't belong in the big leagues." So yeah, I, I think Pete Carroll has, like, one of the most unique careers. Like, he's a Jimmy Johnson-level career. Right? I mean, one in college, one in the pros. Dominated in both. Do, I mean, he had, for one of the, a four-year stretch, one of the greatest defenses we've ever seen. So, yeah, I'm with you on Pete. My, my only question for your squad is Geno. Like I saw him play the Niners, and I was like, you know, he plays a good defense. Didn't quite, as the season went on, you're like, huh? Ruin for the guy. I am not. I'm pro Geno Smith. Hell, I like Geno Smith... If you said, "Hey, would you rather hang out with Geno Smith or Russell Wilson?" One million percent, Geno Smith. What do you think about the NFL adapting a contract that only applies to players? The organizational organization drafts, like the Bird Rule in the NBA, drafting and develop talent should be rewarded. Side note: I really enjoy anytime you talk of any type economics and business. Appreciate it. I, listen, it comes up a lot. I, I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast. He thought that it should be... People have been talking about it forever in the NBA. Like, you should get rewarded for... Like, Steph Curry, his $50 million should not count against the salary cap when he's been on your team 15 years, or Giannis, or whoever. And we say this all the time in football. Like, you should get rewarded for drafting well. Where in football, you can't keep everybody, right? You got to let guys go. But that's never changed. And it's something the media harps on forever. Uh, it's a lot of ideas that people have talked about. Obviously, you're bringing it up. I just think it's it's one of those things that never feels even remotely close in NFL circles. For whatever reason. I don't know why. But it, it never feels like it has any traction. We never go to these, these NFL owners meetings at one of the local Four Seasons in some sweet city and be like, you know what they're talking about this year? How if you have a guy on your team more than eight years his salary cap hit should be half as much as his salary or whatever. It never comes up. So yeah, I mean, I'd be all for it. I think it should be rewarded, but it never is like you should be rewarded for drafting. Well, but I also like one thing I've always said, a GM's job is about more than drafting. Like, okay, you miss on a draft pick. Who cares? Can you sign a good free agent? Can you find a good undrafted free agent? Can you find a good guy on some other team's practice squad? Like, building a team is not just about quote-unquote drafting. Obviously, it's the lifeblood of the business. Like, college football. Is lifeblood of your business recruiting? Kinda. Now, at the transfer portal, like, I can find sweet dudes in the transfer portal. I didn't know until the draft that the dude the Lions drafted Gibbs. <laughs> like, the dude was on Alabama. Well, it's not like he started Alabama. They signed, they transfer portaled him from Georgia Tech. Talk about a great move by that guy. I'm like, see you, Georgia Tech. I'm going to Alabama. Well, how's this going to work out? Do you even get any playing time? Yeah, not only am I going to be kick ass for them, I'm going to get drafted in the top 15. So, I hear you. It just it doesn't feel like it, it ever gets remotely close to happening. Greetings from Berlin, Germany. I'm a Bengals fan. and was wondering why playoff teams like the Bengals or Eagles still have 13, 14 million left in cap space per overthecap.com. If you are a Super Bowl contender, shouldn't you spend all the available cap space in order to get the best team possible on the field. I suppose there are still capable veterans available at every position group, especially the Bengals still have some depth issues on their defensive line and are not spending the money on a veteran. When you look at the chart over the cap.com, the Bengals and Eagles are the only playoff teams with so much cap space. Why are teams in general not spending cap space? Well, I, I think it's pretty simple. Let's use the Bengals for example. They could extend two guys this off season, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins, and immediately use up that cap space. So they have internal candidates to extend to utilize that cap space. And in general, should you just use the cap space to use the cap space, right? Like just because you have, you don't need to buy anything. You don't need to buy a home. You don't need anything. Let's just say you got $50,000 in a savings account. Like what if that savings account is for a quote unquote rainy day? Or what if it's for like you easily could go like buy a Rolex, buy a new car. Like you could easily do things. But do you need a new car? Do you need a watch? Do you Would you even wear a watch? Like, yeah, I could go sign some. I could go sign DeAndre Hopkins. But like, is that more important than signing the guy? Here's the other thing like the savings analogy. Well, what if something crazy happens? What if a good deal comes available? Like you can always make trades. Sometimes making trades, guys have bigger salaries. Remember a couple years ago, the Rams had to give up a second and third round pick to get Von Miller because they didn't have any salary cap space. So the Broncos had to eat the cap space. They might not have had to give that up if they would have had, obviously, you know, they couldn't have foreseen that happening. But if they would have had more cap space, So there's a give and take with everything. Having cap space, to me, if there are specific players, like if you could have signed player X, 100% improves your team. But most free agents suck. Look at this free agent class. Besides like Javon Hargrave, who was good in the free agent class that got quote unquote a lot of money? McGlinchey? Can you imagine giving McGlinchey 50 million dollars? So just because a guy's a free agent and you never know, like guys get cut at any moment, guys are available trades at any moment. Having, having flexibility is always smart, right? And it's back to the savings analogy. If you just have endless, not everyone can save. I'm not saying you should have money saved at all times, but when you just have nothing in your savings account, you have no flexibility. The moment you get screwed, you get laid off. You don't have a job. You're not making any money. Like you are in dire straits immediately. But when you got a little nest egg, like yeah, if something bad happens, there's a medical emergency, you know, you, you got a little wiggle room. And that to me is salary cap space. It just kind of gives you wiggle room. So like if you could give me one specific example, like this player they should have signed. And sometimes that happens. And then that said player in free agency or that was available, turns out not to be good. So I'm never opposed to having some salary cap space. Uh, the, for good teams, because it does give them a lot of flexibility. Even with as much content as you put out, I am still always looking for podcasts with more football content. What are some podcasts you listen to recommend? Uh, I would say the podcast, football podcast I listen to, I would say the only pure football podcast I listen to would be, I listen to Michael Lombardi's podcast. He can be a little angry. Listen, I like him. I I know he knows his shit. Can be a little angry for me at times. Uh, not that I'm against negativity and, you know, like, you know, I I listened to him today on the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. It's like, bro, let's just call a spade a spade that they sign an injured player. I I know you're boys with Josh McDaniels, but the, the risk is not the, the addendum in the contract. It's why are you signing this player in the first place? Uh, But yeah, I don't don't honestly listen to that much football content. Now, the one thing I've started to do, uh, I listen to Chris Long whenever he has on like... uh, He had on Jason Kelsey. That that was good. When the Kelsey brothers have on, a good guest. So I will listen to players' podcasts when they have guests because I think their relationship with those guys are something you're not getting anywhere else. Right? They know them. They're friends. with, They played with them. I I think it's pretty cool. So I, I will listen to those interviews. But honestly, I, I don't I don't listen to that much football content, to be honest with you, especially in the off offseason. Uh, I, I try to listen to more finance podcasts. I listen to some NBA podcasts. Uh, yeah, Go, I listen to a lot of golf content. I listen to a lot of golf podcasts. Hey, John Seahawks fan here. Why do you think Seattle decided to invest their fifth overall pick at cornerback when they knew they needed to impact players on the defensive line. The pass rush was definitely one of the glaring issues last season. Your thoughts? Cause I, I think Seattle, over their decade of success with the Russ era, had been burned a couple times by character guys. And they've and Pete Carroll's always been pretty open-minded to that. But one thing I think they learned last year, removing Russ, who I, I don't want to call a cancer but was clearly an issue for them. And not in like a legal way, but just in an egomaniac way. That it was like, you know, we had a team that was just full of guys that was just doing whatever it took to win. And just good guys. And they could have taken Jalen Carter. And I think the difference is, and I don't know, maybe you've listened to, I haven't listened to every press conference they've given. Like Witherspoon was the type guy that was like, this guy is just not going to (laughs) miss. This guy, character, physicality, play, just kind of had like a Cam Chancellor Richard Sherman vibe to him. As a person, player, just that. Right? He was just going to work. Where Jalen was a huge, I don't want to say a Hail Mary, but could blow up in your face. And I think what they just experienced, they're like, we don't want to risk what we have. Where the Eagles go, we have so much of that at the highest level that we could take it. So I, I supported them doing it. I, I think they saw a lot of, you know, the L.O.B. type mentality, mindset, character type, you know, uh, profile in him. And I, I can't, I, I completely understand it. Um, I think it's always easy. And Jim Washburn, who is, One of the best defensive coaches of all time. And now his protege, Chris Kacarek is the 49ers guy. Uh, You know, used to always say this and listen, Jim had no problem coaching some crazies, but he's like, it's so easy for the scouts to be like, listen, the guy's got some issues, but I'm telling you, this dude can rush the edge like double teams. Good luck. No one's going to stop him. He's like, yeah, that's great. But I got to deal with this guy. Monday through Saturday, when you guys are in your office listening to sports talk radio, watching players BSing with your buddies on the road, right? I got to coach this guy. I have to deal with him. You don't. So it's it's easy for the scouts always to say, take this chance, right? See, that's, you know, say, hey, man, you should stay with her, right? I think we always have, when people get divorces, or people get married or whatever. Everyone on the outside always has these opinions on relationships. Like, are you the one spending the night with her every night? Are you the one living with her or him? Right? Is is that the way? Because like that person usually knows better. That's why whenever someone's like, should I get a breakup or whatever, it's like only you know. It's, I it's I can't tell you. I ain't laying down at night for the last three years like you are, right? That's why coaches sometimes now they can be negative and positive in ways that like can be a little over the top just in general, but that is a fair thing. Like uh, the position coach to deal with them and Pete's obviously very hands-on with the defense. Yeah, we'll end on that one. Have a good, have a good week, but I'll talk to you tomorrow and uh, talk soon. See ya.